Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to the Post Questionnaire. 35 questions giving us insight into what makes creative people tick. First of all, I want to apologize. Caroline, my partner in crime here, can't make it today, but she is especially excited about today's guest. And before I get to our guest, um, I just want to remind people that you can find us on Instagram at Proust.questionnaire. I'm Uli.bear. Caroline is Caroline Weber 2020. The Proust Questionnaire is available anywhere you can find your podcasts, of course, uh, also on YouTube, etc. cetera, uh, around the world. So um, tune in and we post the new episodes on Instagram. And I am so excited to be on Zoom connected to Los Angeles today to have someone very special. So I want to thank you. So we have Haas Sleiman, who is an actor. So first of all, Haas, thank you so much for making time today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And you've had a, a, a big uh, couple of years, and I want to introduce you to our listeners for a moment and make spe- a special connection to someone else who was a guest before. So you're an actor. You've been in a wide range of films and TV shows, uh, depicted a range of characters. Um, I think people may know you depending on what kind of TV and films they really prefer from maybe The Visitor. Mm-hmm which actually takes place partly in New York City at New York University, where I'm located and teach. And I remember this film really well, and you are playing opposite Danai Gurira, who is an NYU graduate also, which yes. is an yeah. amazing, amazing actor and a playwright mm-hmm. herself. Well, I mean, NYU is famous for producing amazing actors. Some people are really good. So. And you were nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Independent Spirit Award for that role in The Visitor, which seems to have just become more timely, if anything. It's 2007, but the whole story, right? That's a testament to Tom McCarthy. I mean, he's brilliant. Um, I just watched his uh, latest film. And I look like an idiot for trying to... Something Water... It's about the necklace. It's amazing with uh, Matt Damon in it. Um, I was congratulating him. He's amazing. I always knew that about him. Just from the first time I read the screenplay for The Visitor, I was like, who is this person that had written this story? It's a timeless classic. But as you said, 
incredibly timely now, as we know what's happening in the south border of America. That's right. That's right. <laughs> on and on and on. Yeah. That's yeah. right. With the with with so many people who are so in such precarious situations. So you play that, and then you've played Killing Jesus. You played actually a different roles also uh, in this uh, uh, 2015. Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. Jesus. I, I, precarious person in a very different way right <laughs> but wait don't forget though like before that you were saying like i played so many different parts to the point that i have fans all kinds of fans meaning like some of my fans have not seen all of my work well most of them haven't and so it depends on the people like who become my fans like for the visitor versus nurse jackie was actually historic because I got to portray for the first time in the history of American television an openly gay Muslim character on American TV. So that was huge. And then, you know, you then, of course, the Jesus to play Jesus. I never imagined in my life I get to the honor to actually portray Jesus. And I love that range. The first openly gay Muslim character, Nurse Jackie, opposite uh, Anna Dick. Which is yeah. Edie Taco and Anna Diva Smith, who we were so happy to oh have. Oh my gosh. And she's been a guest on the show, and she's been such an inspiring presence for so many people, also breaking all sorts of areas. Absolutely. So for Nurse Jackie, you got that kind of recognition. And then this year, um, a lot more people, all just in sheer numbers, have seen you in The Eternals. So Chloe Zhao's um, recent, yeah. you know, superhero. Uh, extravaganza that Chloe Zhao and Angelina on the hype, the cast so diverse. I mean, it was, I think, the most historic Marvel film, uh, right next to Black Panther, let's say. That's right. That's a good comparison in a way that opens up an image of who is actually heroic on screen for so many people who had not seen themselves. Well, a more accurate representation of the world that we live in. <laughs> These right. people all exist. And, Simple. And, we'll, and finally, Disney and Marvel are trying to be like uh, lead the world uh, as a leading example for others, for other studios, hopefully, will follow their suit. And what we're saying, it's a spoiler for those of you who have not seen it, but we encourage all of our listeners go see the Eternals, go to the movies, go back to the movies. So you play a happy LGBTQIA plus character, a gay man in a happy relationship in a family who is in a committed relationship to a superhero, who is an eternal. And I think that is so important that you're actually not kind of tortured by your identity, but you're giving an image on screen of an incredible commitment of real love. And when I was in the theater in New York, people were really, really moved and excited by this. Well, I mean, how can I say this? Well, initially, I really wanted to be an eternal. Let's be real. Who doesn't want to be an eternal? Uh, <laughs> but I don't think Marvel and Disney were ready for an Arab Arab eternal. I'm saying it bluntly, and I don't care. Because I had auditioned for it. Um, I remember auditioning for it, and it, they gave me dummy sides, you know, because that's Marvel. So everything's hush-hush. And I remember I killed that stuff, like that audition when I went into the room. And then I think like almost like nine months later, I hear that they're offering me the part that I ended up playing, which is Ben, 
who's an architect, who is happily married to Fastest, the first openly uh, gay superhero in a Marvel film. So a few things, the history in the making, like first openly gay superhero, but then he's married, he's a family man representing what? Queer families. Because now more and more there are queer families. And uh, so initially, of course, I was, you know, hesitant about accepting that part that offer but then i realized that disney and marvel are really smart to cast me in a, to offer it to me actually um because i didn't audition for it like i auditioned for the tournament um because they knew that i will absolutely humanize that queer family and i'm very proud of myself that i did um because that was very important to me um me myself being gay um and i just i'm in awe of um, all my friends who are queer families, meaning like I have two uh, best friends who are lesbians and they're married and they have two gorgeous children. I have to tell you, sometimes I think, my God, like I think queer families, like kids growing up in a queer family environment is, there's so much even more love, mm. like, given to those kids, love and attention and kindness. And, and for some reason, those kids end up being less judgmental, less racist, uh, less sexist. I mean, all these wonderful qualities really actually are the results of be, growing up in a gay family, being raised by queer parents. And so I was on a mission to do everything I can in my hands and my power to humanize them. But at the same time, what happened is, you know, as an artist, I'm a truth teller. So I'm always thinking, how can I make that relationship come across as genuine and as truthful and as loving as possible? Because one thing for sure that all queer families have is so much love for each other. Whether it be the parents to each for each other or towards their kids, so I actually borrowed um, from my brother. My brother just got remarried, and he married his soulmate. She happens to be Russian, and I think one month he learned Russian, and he starts to speak to her in Russian. So I was like, "Well, I'm gonna take that, borrow that, and then I'm gonna actually say decided that fastest." learned Arabic because we're we're soulmates. Right. Me, like my character, like our characters yeah. are soulmates. Yeah. To just show how loving they are towards each other. And I suggested to Chloe, like there's no way I'm a, I won't be addressing my husband and, and say Habibi. You know, if I'm like Lebanese uh, right. as a character movie. And I said, and it would be nice that I say a line about my mother because, you know, that's an homage to actually my mom, which I have like so many pictures here behind me of her. And uh, Chloe loved it. And, but, you know, of course she had to run and buy Disney and Marvel because they, they like to make sure they, they approve of the lines. So they wrote the line for me that I was saying in Arabic. And they said, just go ahead and say it however you want to say it. I mean, of course, and I said it in like real authentic Lebanese style that what really happened was something amazing that I never expected. So it was all coming from a very honest place on my hands. 
Um, but then I keep now getting these videos from all over the world, but specifically Lebanon. Um, in movie theaters where the audience is like watching the film and then the part where I actually speak Arabic, yeah, they get so shocked and they were like, they like start like speaking loudly and like so proud, like literally, like they keep telling me he made us feel so proud. Isn't that something, the power of film? And the you amazing know? thing, what you're saying is Marvel's reach is so vast. It's yeah. just about everybody around the world, kids. And I actually imagine what you were just saying, that young kids with their parents who may not be in that space yet because they're older, grew up in different places, and they're seeing their kids idolizing these characters and seeing yeah. you and Fasters on, on screen. And it's very... It's also very funny, the whole scene. It's actually, it's a really funny scene. It's very moving, it's very emotional, it's very real. There's something about that scene, which is a key scene in the movie, and you have a role that actually facilitates what happens next. It's, it's really great. So I just wanna congratulate you. It's really, it's really nice. It must be nice to get people's feedback who say, I, I see you, and that allows me to be seen. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot that I could say about that. Um, I just like to, I was really happy to get so much love from Arabs across the globe. Um, literally to the point that they don't even mention the fact that I was playing a queer character. It was literally, I made them proud just yeah. by speaking Arabic in a Marvel film, something that I don't think ever happened that way before. So just that on its own became right. a thing. Right. So I'm so proud of that. But then also on the other end, also the fact that I portrayed a queer guy, uh, character who is a parent, a very positive image of queer people, the LGBTQ people. Thank you, Disney. Uh, that's thanks to Disney and Marvel to decide that we want to show humanity yeah. to Francis's queer family. And so I sometimes now get messages of people. It's really life-saving is what I'm trying to get at. Get at. Mm -hmm. um, people from all kinds of countries like Indonesia, you know, and uh, countries where it's difficult to be queer and people are, queer people are really struggling. They're literally like living a lie and literally like in a prison. And they reach out to me like on Instagram telling me, oh, I was standing on the bridge and I was about to jump, you know, like over and over. So of course, like for me, it's like, oh my goodness. Um, and then I actually share with them that I was once suicidal. Mm. And of course I make sure to let them know their value. And what is important is that they have to respect themselves first and foremost. Mm. They don't need to be respected or valued by anybody else but themselves. And then I say to them, let's make a pact. If I don't kill myself, you don't. And honestly, that moves them all the time to the point that they keep reaching out to me and talking to me and thanking me. So this is how powerful this is. It's really wow. saving people's lives. Yeah. But good for you. That's a lot of um, responsibility and holding you have to do for people. But good for you to actually. I mean, I really don't think of it as a responsibility. I just have so much empathy and compassion, and that's a double-edged sword, as you know. <laughs> you know? And uh, in a way, like, if I can, of course I will. But I don't also drive myself crazy because I could. It's like, 
not unlike that Trump era where do not watch the news because that's it's not going to be good for your health. And, and, and so for me, absorbing also a lot of this negative toxicity or whatever can really then affect me negatively. And I have to protect myself because I'm very sensitive. We're going to go to, uh, that's actually a nice segue to so some of the questions on the post questionnaire, I think are going to be really interesting to people who will follow you on Instagram. So again, you are at Haas, it's H-A-A-Z dot Slayman, L-S-L-E-I-M-A-N on Instagram. So people can follow you. You're going to get a lot of people after this, we hope. And I'll start you with the first question. Haas, what's your idea of perfect happiness? Hmm, wow, that's a, such a good question. <laughs> because my mind is like, woof. Um, <laughs> having peace of mind mm. but then like when i say that it's really really knowing and appreciating and valuing the beauty that life is i mean the richness that life is you know understanding that what makes life rich is how diverse we all are as a human race mm. um you know and most importantly is knowing your value, like because respecting yourself and knowing your value, if you don't, how can you be happy? And, and more than that, like as an example, my mom is so selfless. She's a Pisces and she's lived most of her life sacrificing everything for everyone, for us, the kids, for my father, may he rest in peace, her husband, to the point that she forgot what makes her happy. Detour, what is your greatest fear? Mm, is to, is that all of your work that I've been doing in my life, my career, um, is undermined and underrated and not given the value that it should be, should be given because it hasn't been an easy journey for me. So for me, that is my greatest fear that I get defined by that mm -hmm. and not that I actually I'm an actor who cares so much about humanity because I'm an artist because of love. Love is my inspiration. So I consider myself a truth teller. And so that's probably my greatest fear that gets lost in the ignorance of, unfortunately, the world that we live in, you know, yeah. What is the trait that you most deplore in yourself? Huh, these are good questions, my friend. Oh, yeah, they're kind of hard. Some of them are really hard. Some of them are going to be easier, not to worry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, you're really like waking me up. And I just had my coffee, which is perfect. I, I'm, I actually woke up a little bit late today. Um, oof, well, I mean, you know, like it's been a journey. So I guess I, I should answer it with where I'm at now, right? You know, not go back in the past is that I, after everything I've been through, coming out, doing everything I've done, I came out on social media in 2017, uh, so not long ago, and yet, and I, and I, oh my God, I am so much more confident. I don't care what people think about me and whatnot, but, yeah, with all of that progress that I've done and the work that I've done and that I love that I've been getting and, and praise and all of that, um, I, I, I still, 
I'm having a hard time still getting over the cripples of the past. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you grew up in a certain environment. Mm-hmm. You're raised by certain parents, mm-hmm. certain culture, and that shapes you. Mm-hmm. And um, I've made a lot of progress in that department. But even with all of that, and even my dad, two months prior, his death, as, as if he knew he felt he was going to die, he finally was like, I accept you, my son, you know, all that stuff. And I'm not mocking it only because it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Um, I'm grateful that he said that, but it doesn't mean anything. Um, I think, though, the thing that I probably deplore the most is I'm still failing at having that successful personal life that I've always longed for Mm -hmm. because it's still coming from that place of the value that I give myself in terms of being in a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. Because that's also one of my biggest dreams. I'm a very romantic person. Mm -hmm. I would love to be married, have a husband, have kids, just like in the Eternals. (laughs) And it's been difficult for me because I think over the years of feeling, you know, the lack of self-worth and self-respect, has been the reason why and so that is probably the part that i deplore the most yeah. like i've made so much progress but yet it's still some of it is still there and so i'm learning i'm going to say this to you i'm learning that even if i deplore that i will remain kind to myself and i'll, I'll remain to be proud of myself because that's the most important thing. And that's, I hope all of your listeners really listen to what I'm about to say. A lot of people in this world are the cruelest towards themselves. And it doesn't matter your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your ethnicity or religious beliefs. That's a very universal thing. Uh, and that I wish people would talk more about, you know, like how you talk to yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're alone. Mm-hmm. What's it, the trait you most deplore in others? Uh, narcissism, thoughtlessness, and uh, un- someone who's unkind, uh, thoughtless. Which living person do you most admire? Ooh, and that's such a big umbrella because now, like, what, the art, and the, you know what I mean? Like, um, which living person? I, I have to say, uh, like uh, this new beautiful angel human being that came to my life, who's a professor at Stanford University, Dr. Ramsey Salty, just came into my life and he's like the father that I never had. And so I have to say, probably him now, but you know, I may, you're probably asking that question, I should probably answer it with someone who's really famous. No. Or no? It's a great answer. You, it's actually answered from where you are. It's perfect. Yeah, he's Arab American, but he has the show Arabology and he's proud of his her- heritage and he's really trying to, you know, create this sort of like uh, environment where Arabs help each other, support each other, not unlike how Jewish people do and, and, and Black people have been doing so and, and Hispanics have been doing 
it's quite shocking that still does not exist for the Arabs, but that's what his legacy is. And he makes me proud to be Arab. Give us his name again. What's his name? Do Dr. Ramzi Salty. Ramzi Salty. I'll put it in the notes to the show. That's great. What is your greatest extravagance? <laughs> oh, God, I love expensive things. <laughs> Specifically with clothes. Um, Tom Ford suits. My dream is to buy every type, color, shape, form of Tom Ford suit. I want to have a closet full of Tom Ford suits in every color. <laughs> With also like the matching Tom Ford shoes and the matching Tom Ford button down shirts and everything you can imagine in terms of having a complete Tom Ford look. I I'm in awe of him. I think he is the epitome of elegance and class and grace. And, you know, he happens to be a queer man yeah. who is probably one of the most loving husbands I've ever seen. You know, how his relationship with his husband is and how much he appreciates him and whatnot. And let's not forget, Tom Ford is a wonderful filmmaker. Filmmaker, exactly. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. What is your current state of mind right now you know i'm really trying to produce my own content because i i finally understood that you know me coming out in 2017 like i said i'm an actor first yeah sure i i'm gay i'm muslim i'm arab i'm lebanese but that all of that doesn't matter what matters is my skill my ability in terms of how I've been trying to master, not trying, I've been mastering my the art, my craft, and I keep wanting to get better and better because of that, because I, I care so much about my craft. Because again, the reason why I'm an actor is to give my love to the world. At, and i.e. the Eternals was an example of that. People, you know, like they, I'm making them proud. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm giving them hope and all of that. Mm -hmm. So after me coming out in 2017, you know, I'm an actor that plays leading male roles. I'm not a character actor. That's been so difficult now because for me, it breaks my heart that, you know, like, let's just say, do you care if your dentist is gay or bi or straight? No, you want the best dentist who is gentle enough to mm -hmm. and thoughtful enough to do the best work for you. And so, and then you, when you leave, you feel good, right? Or a plumber. Right. Do you care if the plumber is gay or straight or whatever? You want the best plumber. So why is it different with actors? And so I, my current state of mind or like the state of being right now is frustration. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to use that frustration. Why? Because why do I say frustration? Because unfortunately, Hollywood still has a lot of growing to do. You know, they claim they're so progressive, not so much, because here we are in this world where, you know, me being an openly gay actor is suffering from sexism. And this, the reason why I say that is it's cool for um, um, a straight actor to play a gay character. What an honor, my goodness. Right. But for a, a queer actor, openly gay actor to who is skilled, I always add value to any production that I'm part of. I'm that confident. But 
for me to portray, let's say, James Bond as uh, an embarrassment, as an abomination. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, that breaks my heart. Um, and so I've been like trying to channel my frustration into producing, like I'm, I'm producing this uh, TV series that's going to be like this epic show written by Arabs about Arabs for the world. Think Spartacus meets Game of Thrones under the umbrella of Black Panther. And then I have this wonderful uh, screenplay written by the uh, incredible Richard Academy Award nominated uh, writer, Richard Friedenberg, uh, who got nominated for his uh, work, uh, A River Runs Through It, starring Brad Pitt. And he wrote um, with my dear friend, Tani Cohen as the producer, it was her idea. Um, it's basically a modern take of Jane Fonda's coming home. But the difference is the main character is an Arab American soldier. Mm. That mm. couldn't be any more timelier. Yeah. So I'm really thrilled now. I'm like really, I don't want to say shopping for directors, but I'm excited because I'm like excited about the idea of this director. And I'm definitely want to make sure I want to, try to get a female Arab director to direct this film. Um, that would mean a lot to me. Um, like for instance, Shirin Baibis, you know, she's wonderful. And uh, one of her wonderful films is Enrica. And not only is she, uh, she's Palestinian, American, queer female director. So for me, that would be incredible. Or Najwa Nashad, who's also a Palestinian uh, writer, filmmaker, well, but it's good you're turning your frustration into creative projects. That's great. That's actually nice to hear. Well, I mean, I have to. Otherwise, I yeah, <laughs> I have to. Otherwise, I would go crazy, or I would have to. I don't know. Go right. work. I work at a like a zoo because I love animals so much. <laughs> what What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Um, uh, people who are defined or give their value value themselves by the, their possessions. Okay, yeah. On what occasion do you lie? What occasion? On what occasion do you lie? Yeah. Oh, whew, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> On what occasion do I lie? I mean, I'm a human being. <laughs> Who hasn't lied has lied by saying that they have never lied, <laughs> number one. Like Jesus Christ, when he said like, any one of you who has not sinned, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Uh, it's simple and clear. Like me growing up in Lebanon in the 80s, mm -hmm. I had to lie about who I am. I mean, okay. that is really the wow. worst thing any human being can do to themselves. Like I betrayed myself. So yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. Just, wow. yeah that's really the worst thing that I... The next, the next question is a weird question. So what do you most dislike about your appearance? You know, right now I don't anymore. Yeah. But I used to like that dimple that I have on my chin when I was a kid. I used to hate it. And just people would like, say like, oh, that looks, look at your butt chin. <laughs> right. I compared it to, I'm sorry, to an ass. But um, uh, now I actually love it. Good. So I, now I actually really can't tell you that I dislike anything about myself because that's such a silly thing to even think about yeah yeah we've had that answer actually from other people i remember sophia yeah. chang who is a writer she sophia chang she's a music producer and a writer and she said 
nothing. But which living person do you most despise? Donald Trump. And I say it like that because there's more others, but yep. but I also say it like that because I I get it, man. Like I get it. You know, he was raised by a psychopath. His father was a psychopath. So mm -hmm. what do we expect? You know? So in a way, like I hate saying that I despise him and I even hate like that question because, you know, us human beings, you know, even the people that murder other people or commit the worst crimes, they came from somewhere and something and then somehow somewhere that made them who they were. And, and so is it they're really, really their fault? Right. I don't know. Yeah. The next two questions are, this is a question you originally made a hundred years ago, so it's very, very dated. What is the quality you most like in a man? Thoughtfulness. What is the quality you most like in a woman? I was going to say thoughtfulness again. Uh, which words or phrases do you most overuse? I'm going to answer it differently, so I don't care if it's right or wrong, but I'm so passionate. <laughs> Sometimes that exhausts me. Um, so, yeah, like anything that I love is basically my answer is how I speak about it, you know, with such passion and excitement that I come across like a child. <laughs> what or who is the greatest love of your life? My mother. Uh, who has a pic, it was a picture right behind you, right? On, uh, <laughs> I'm talking on Zoom, right? That's, there she uh, is. So what's her name? Uh, Duja, which means which means uh, darkness. <laughs> and my mom is gorgeous. <laughs> the reason why she would think that is because her father's brother, who was very young, died when she was born. Oh. And then they said, if she comes out ugly, they'll add Badr Duja, which means the light of darkness. But my mom came out to be gorgeous that she made the name Duja. Nice. I don't know about you, but I'm very busy and I don't have a lot of time to cook. That's why I subscribe to Factor. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These are two-minute meals. Factor meals are ready to eat in heat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. They're flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math, and this is important. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com NBN50 and use code NBN50 to get 50% off. That's code NBN50 at factormeals.com slash nbn50 to get 50 percent off uh when and where were you happiest you know it's such life is a paradox i would say now because i'm so uh, comfortable in my own skin yet also i'm <laughs> haven't been as miserable as i am out as well you know <laughs> so yeah that's uh, because of what I was talking about right. in terms of how Hollywood is, yeah, backwards. So, yeah. Which talent would you most like to have? I sing. 
actually I wanted to be a recording artist. It would be to have a voice like, you know, one of the greats. Yeah, yeah because music saved my life in a way uh, as a child growing up in Lebanon. So for me... Uh, so what's the talent you would like to have if, since you are a singer? Like, is there something you would like to be able to do? Ooh, to, to be an excellent dancer. Okay, so when we see you in Dancing with the Stars and... <laughs> no, I that's my worst nightmare. There's your, there's your challenge, Hans. There's your challenge. As, because I love dance so much, it can make me cry. Like, yeah, the, there's your that, challenge. That, yeah, yeah, but, I, but because I love it so much, I would be frightened to do it. <laughs> if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? To not give the past so much weight, but rather really let the past empower me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think is your greatest achievement? That with everything that I've been through and really living a journey that I could tell you, I've lived this very sad life. Um, and yeah, I have accomplished what I've been able to accomplish. If you were to die and come back as a person or a thing, what would it be? Definitely, I would love to come back as a woman. Yeah, yeah I would love, I'd love to come back as a woman and, and experience life because I, I mean, I love being a man. I'm a man. And however, though, I think like a woman and I feel like a woman. And most of my friends are women. And I love women so much. So, yeah. Where would you most like to live? The most, the place where it has been untarnished by humans. Um, where it's full of nature and wildlife. That not, would be my not New York City, not Los <laughs> Angeles. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Nature, nature, nature that has been untarnished by humans and yeah, yeah. that is just full of that magic that God has created for us. There's so much wisdom in nature and in animals, I find. What is your most treasured possession? Possession. I was gonna say my mother. She's not my possession. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I feel almost like she belongs to me. She's my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice answer. It's sort of. Can I, I say understand, that? I understand yeah. what you mean. Yeah, it's like she belongs to you. Uh, what do you regard, in general, as the lowest depth of misery? I mean, I already mentioned it. Like to get to the point where you don't want to live this life. Mm -hmm. you know when that is the saddest thing like when you don't when you get to the point where you don't want to exist what does that mean you're 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 at a point where you you think you're not only don't matter you, you are nothing like you're you're the way that you look at yourself and value yourself is null is zero to the point that you want to end your life that is the lowest what is your favorite occupation? And we think that means, what would you be doing professionally if you weren't an actor, if you weren't doing what you're doing now? Either a fashion designer, because as I said, my love for women, I love to make women, I love empowering women. And so that would be my way because I also like love fashion, it's an art form. And I used to always draw women dresses in classroom, even though I shouldn't have, but like, I didn't care. I would draw every day. I would just like draw and, or something has to do with animals. Like meaning like making sure we're protecting, you know, wildlife, um, 
I have so much respect for people that do that, you know, in Africa, like fighting against the poachers or uh, uh, the people who have those shark boats that come to attack other boats who are trying to, uh, you know, hunt uh, uh, whales, for instance. And, you know, never mind how much sharks we're killing every year and whatnot. That would be either that or that. What is your most marked characteristic, which we think means what do people notice first about you when they meet you? My warmth and um, very, ge very genuine and almost like it's confused as people. Like, is this for real? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because not a lot of people are like me, but I'm so genuine and honest like a child is. You know, children when they're young. They say whatever they say, and that can get them in trouble. But guess what? They don't because they're forgiven. But yeah. with me, when it happens with me, you're, I'm a grown-ass man. So when I am actually that honest and genuine, <laughs> sometimes it can be funny. Sometimes it can be awkward. But many times it moves people, actually. So I would say, yeah, just the fact that I'm so transparent and genuine. I was thinking in your previous answer about being a fashion designer, we interviewed Isaac Mizrahi. Oh. And what's, what's funny how I just, why I just thought about that, because he grew up in a Syrian Jewish household in New York, and he was a young kid. He also was drawing in class when he shouldn't have been. He was always interested in fashion. Mm -hmm. And he loves animals. And he has, he's involved in all these charities for adoption, mm -hmm. adopting pets and everything. So in some ways, I'll send you the link, but it's a really beautiful interview. That's so interesting too, you know, like the connection in that way. That's right. That's what I was thinking. Exactly. He comes from this very strong family background. And then he said he would sort of start being, a, and his family couldn't quite make sense in the beginning when he was a little boy, why he wanted to be a fashion designer. It right, right. Well, especially with his background too, of course. Yeah. yeah. Makes but also like I have to say, like, it's a very common thing among amongst people who are empathetic and uh, specifically artists, like, they, we, they really have that in common, which is the love of animals somehow. It's a very common trait. What, is, uh, what do you most value in your friends? Thoughtfulness. I mean, that is the most important thing for me. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I have to say, no, what takes even more, like what's more, is how genuine they are really truly. If they're really genuine, that is something I value so much because meaning what does that mean by genuine are they are they people who are honest okay. you know that's it like if you are someone who's honest yeah that means what you're not afraid to say something that might hurt me mm -hmm. but because you're saying it because out of love mm -hmm. that is the most thing that i value in my friendships who are your favorite writers Hmm. That's a tough one. Actually, you know, we connect. We actually had a, a conversation in, on Instagram because you posted a post on Khalil oh. Shibran on the prophet. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's yeah, it. I was like thinking actually. That's when we connected because I wrote to you that I love that book. <laughs> yes, thank you. I, I, and honestly, right before you said that, I was like, of course, Gibran Khalil. Right, right. That's what I thought. Like, you know, actually, right. <laughs> I got chills right now because it's like almost like. I actually had the same, or <laughs> I thought I know you're gonna say that, like you know, because we already communicated about that, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gibran Khalil Gibran, my God, yes. And I just recently discovered because of Dr. Ramsey, 
my new like right. uh, you know chosen father um he taught me he told me that, did, that my one of my absolute favorite songs by Fayouz it's such a beautiful song that it smooths me every time uh but then that led to uh us talking more about Fayouz because we have that shared love for our icon our beloved iconic um, face of Lebanon um and one of my favorite songs that she had sung is uh so I did not know those were the words written by Gibran Khalil Gibran from the book The Prophet. Amazing. And oh goodness, once I discovered that, my, the love that I have for that song grew even bigger. Uh, yeah, yeah, Gibran Khalil Gibran, absolutely. And you know, so Mahayek made that animation based on that book because right. her grandfather is Lebanese and he had that book. It's beautiful, and she, yeah. And it's kind of a rare book. I teach it all the time and I have, uh, shout out to my other podcast i do a podcast on books i have an interview on the prophet partly because it's such a important book for almost everybody who grows up in arab-speaking countries but in america it's actually one of the most translated books in the world it's an amazing book yeah so so gibran the prophet um, who is your hero of fiction like a character and invent and we could be fiction or film an invented character that you think is a hero julie andrews and the sound of music <laughs> really why do you identify with her or what's your oh my god she was everything to me as a kid imagine like uh, this lebanese kid and uh, and what what did i say about music sound of music is is the epitome of that julie andrews was like my second mother um i always wanted to be in that film and amongst those kids that she was actually taking care of um it's just everything about her um, her portrayal in this film and the character that she played everything about them just was to me magnificent like uh, it was an, the epitome of what a woman should be or is or a mother like that, she 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 channeled all of that, all of that in this film, in this world, and let's not forget the music, the, the iconic music that I still listen to, by the way, and I still sing by still today. Yeah, yeah. Which historical figure, a real figure, do you most identify with? I mean, you know, Martin Luther King. I mean, he is someone who. Oh, oh, oh. James Baldwin. Mm, okay. And Martin Luther King. Yeah. So. Who are your heroes in real life? My mother. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Because she really went through a lot. Yeah. And yet she's alive and alive and kicking. And no matter how life has beat her down, she is an example of human resilience for me. So I look up to her. You know, the things that she's been through that woman. And yet, look at what she's raised someone who's loving and cares about humanity where's your mother live now where did where Le uh, lebanon but now she's in emirates visiting my two other brothers okay because uh my brother has we have i have a new baby niece and, oh nice okay. yeah so my mom's like elated she you know she's in heaven like, congratulations yeah that's nice thank what, you what are your favorite names names uh any name that is unique and different that 
like my mom's name is like weird to people. They're like, what is that name? Uh, I also, when I was a kid growing up, I was like, why is my mom named Deja? There is no Deja ever. I've never met any other Deja in my life. Really? I like names like that. that I like names that you, you've never heard of before and that are weird sometimes and unusual. So <laughs> I, I hope this answers the question. I don't yeah, know. absolutely, yeah. What is it that you most dislike? Greed. Because I was like, it, it, it falls under the umbrella. Corruption is under the umbrella of greed, right? right. Um, so I'm just thinking of that. Like the word that is a big umbrella that includes so many things. I would say because deceit, it comes from greed, let's say. Yeah, greed. What is your greatest regret? Betraying myself for so long. How would you like to die? Not feeling pain. Like yeah. to just like, I, like the quicker it happens, maybe in my sleep or something, that would be amazing. And what is your motto? How do you expect that people respect you if you don't respect yourself? And more importantly, if in life, if you want to be successful, you better add value to life, to whatever it is that you want to be part of. Yeah. So how do you expect to add value if you don't give yourself value? And Haz, we add is another, a question to this questionnaire, which wasn't part of the original one, which is who would you like to see as a guest on this podcast, on this show? And I, can, I also want to just remind you, I was just thinking while we were talking, you know, we've had Alice Wu, the director who made one of the first grade um, LGBT Asian American romances, two movies, which are beautiful movies. We've had Jeremy Harris, the author of Slave Play. We've had Sameh Zorabi, who's a Palestinian filmmaker who made Tel Aviv on Fire. We've had uh, Amir Victor Diob, who's a Senegalese photographer. So we have a lot of people who come from different places and use their art and their skills to really expand the idea of for some people what create creativity can be. But yeah. just if you think like if the sky is the limit, so who should we invite to be on the show? Can I say two people? Absolutely, yeah. Dr. Ramsey Salty. Okay. And uh, the legendary, iconic Palestinian, fine, Arab-Israeli um, actress, Iyam Abbas, who played my mother in The Visitor, by the way. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, that's a great idea. But, but guess what? Because the world really doesn't really take Arabs seriously. They don't give Arabs value. And she is an icon in every sense of the word. Mm. So yeah, those two people, Dr. Ramsey to me, it makes me proud to be Arab. So maybe we'll, we'll try to contact them. And once we have edited this interview, we'll send them this interview with you. Maybe they'll be interested to, in participating. Oh, um, honestly, if you do that, that would mean the world to me, and that would probably make it cry. We'll we'll reach out to them. We'll see. I mean, it's for us. It's just such an amazing opportunity to learn. And I, I just want to thank you, Haas, for being so um, you, like being very uh, open to actually tell us. And I was very moved when you said that people contact you on social media who really are struggling in places where there's so little support and recognition, and that. Your work in that way can touch people far out of the Hollywood machine of a huge movie that's supposed to make a lot of money. There's a business part to it, 
but there's a very human part to it. And what oh, you yeah. talked about is that you want to put a truth on screen for people that they can find their own truth then. Yes, my job is to remind them that they're not alone, remind people that of what they're capable of, remind them of how powerful they are, mm -hmm. what can be, and to inspire, to empower. And also like just the, the, the fact to say, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, my God, like I, 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 Madonna had done that for me as a kid growing up in the, in the 80s in Lebanon. I thought I was the only gay kid in the world. Yeah. And then, Lord and behold, here she comes, saving the day for me, giving me hope, for instance. So just, just, and that's, you know, I, I really, I wish I didn't even mention the gay part because that is such a universal thing. There are so many people out there in the world yeah. and queer, not queer, not who are alone, who are feel very, you know, they're lonely for whatever reason. And so I feel, in terms of maybe what they're going through, they feel alone, or who they are, they feel alone. And uh, that, just that on its own to me is so important that I can, that I'm actually able to do that for people. And it's, I think while we were talking, I think some of the questions of this, this questionnaire, which the novelist Marcel Proust made really popular hundred years ago, I think they go to this place where people think, who do I admire? Who who is my love? Who do I respect? Who's inspired me to think you are not totally alone? Maybe maybe if you think there's a way to connect. And I think this is what the interesting thing, the, some of the questions are more entertaining, maybe what's your favorite name, but they also, they open up a window into someone to say, people are actually, they want to feel connected. Yeah, and, absolutely. Well, especially now, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have not forgotten those last four years uh, and basically how lies have spread so easily and fast, way more than the truth. Right. So we are now living in a world where people are believing the lies, which is causing us to disconnect from one another and creating more of that, that like that scenario of like people feeling alone. Or uh, It's really the lack of understanding of each other. It's that sort of that is creating this sort of divisiveness, which is the other. Um, and that only comes from ignorance. And so now even more than ever, how important is that, you know, for us to really be a light and be truth tellers, you know, to help people see themselves in, in something that I'm in. Like, oh, but I went through that too. Oh my goodness. And then that gives them hope somehow. Um, you know, I, I do believe social media is a double-edged sword, as we all know, the social dilemma. But also there are positives about it, you know, but then the negatives, unfortunately, sometimes really overshadow them. And so I feel like um, it makes me even want to, you know, keep on, like, make it, putting out more work and more work to, to actually counter that. Well, Hazi, like, you're really an inspiration. It's really wonderful. And I love the energy you bring to it. I want to see the show you're writing cross between Game of Thrones and Spartacus. Uh, with <laughs> let's, let's get that on screen for you, right? So. Oh, and then don't forget the American Hero movie that is based on uh, Jane Fonda's Coming Home. And by the way, I just uh, acted opposite Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin and uh, Paul White's 
dark comedy feature film that he had written and is still directing. And that, I mean, I was like in heaven when I did that. Uh, but yes, it is really based on modernizing coming home. Jane Fonda is coming home. And so I'm super excited about that one because We're, America needs to see a film like that. That's fantastic. We want to talk to people like you because you're making such a big difference. It's such a great thing just to use your, your art, to, your, to use your work for that. So we don't measure, this is why social media becomes complicated. I don't measure in terms of how big is someone on Instagram. I'm interested how much of an impact do you make? And that's very different. You know, it's not always just numbers. It's actually, you are reaching so many people to whom it really matters. Uh, you know, thank you. That says a lot about you, number one. And we need more human beings such as you, yourself, my friend. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Proust questionnaire. Haas is on Instagram at Haas.com. Slayman, so we'll find you there and we'll post this on all of our links at Proust.Questionnaire. Um, and we want people to go out and see the movies that are online, uh, The Visitor, uh, Jesus, uh, definitely The Eternals, uh, and all the former episodes of shows like Nurse Jackie that you've been on. So, and uh, we, I really look forward to seeing- Dorfman in Love. It's really a lot that I actually now forget what I've done, honestly. But thank you, thank you for all of that. Thank we'll you for put, and we'll put the links, all the links in the sh in the notes of the show. Thank you so much for your love and support. I, it means a lot. Great talking with you. Thank you so much. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.